The following podcast is provided by Athera Pharma and Answers for Elders Radio. And welcome everyone back to the Answers for Elders Radio Network. Also heard, by the way, on all your favorite podcast platforms, as well as this station. And we're so excited again to be talking about something we haven't talked about a lot in our sixth year, believe it or not, on being on air. And um, so I'm excited to bring in a new topic that I know about as much as a, you know, a head of a pin on. So I'm learning about it. And we are here with Dr. Daniel Burdick from the Evergreen Health Medical Center, who is a clinical research physician um, that specializes in brain um, activity, I guess is better term about that. that. That's amazing. And we're here talking about Lewy body dementia. Um, and um, so Dr. Burdick, um, we talked a little bit about why participate in a trial and what is involved, but I would like in this segment to talk a little bit about the actual trial itself. What is all is involved in that? Sure. So um, I think the first thing to say is that, uh, as I mentioned earlier, um, participating in a clinical trial, I, I would really view it as um, as a donation of time. So mm -hmm. in the kind of global effort to develop better treatments for Parkinson's disease and dementia with Lewy bodies, um, we need both donations of money and donation, donations of time. Right, and in participating in a trial, you're giving your time to the to that effort to develop mm -hmm. better treatments. So it can be a, a an involved process to be in a clinical trial. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in the case of the uh, Shape trial that we were talking about here with Athera, um, it's a six to eight month uh, process um, over which time the participants would have nine to ten visits. So okay. roughly one visit every four to six weeks. Okay. Um, and they'd be coming into our site um, uh, in Kirkland. So they're, you know, depending on where people are coming from, there could be a little bit of travel time involved. Um, and then when they're here with us, uh, because we spend, uh, because we're so interested in establishing safety and efficacy, we go through a lot of evaluation. Um, we spend a lot of time with our patients. And um, so each visit, you know, can be anywhere from a couple to several hours. Um, so uh, it really does, like I say, it really is a, a valuable donation when people give their time to these. Well, and, and attended to your own progress of, you know, of how things are working. Um, I know, especially for our older adults, one of the things that's so difficult at times is that doctors don't spend enough time with them, you know, to explain things fully. Uh, I know that when you're in a trial like this, you're going to get a wealth of knowledge and a wealth of attention to your symptoms, what's going on, how it's progressing. But also I'm, I'm positive. I just, am I making an assumption? You're going to be doing a lot of explaining about what's happening to that individual. Is that correct? Yes, that's definitely true. Um, you know, one of the reasons I do these trials, I split my time between seeing patients in a regular clinic and then doing these clinical trials. And one of the things I like about the trials is that I do get to spend more time with people and really um, ask more detailed questions and hear their more detailed explanations. Mm -hmm. um, and certainly um, really gives an opportunity to get to know people uh, and their experience with 
Parkinson's disease or dementia with Lewy bodies in, in much greater detail. And I think, um, you know, generally the feedback that we've gotten from patients who've gone through these trials has reflected that, that it's been mm -hmm. a real positive experience because they feel really connected. Um, you know, they're uh, matched up with a research coordinator who becomes their um, kind of navigator through the trial. I and, love and that. Direct access to them uh, on, on phone or email. Um, and it's, it's, I think, quite honestly, uh, though I wish it were easier in the clinic side, I think it, um, it really is a better experience for communicating with our staff on the research side. Well, and it is because, especially today, you know, you call a doctor's office, you're lucky to get a call back because they're so jammed with everything. On the clinical trial side, you probably have a question that's immediately accessible to get an answer. It's a very different dynamic because you're on a different, you know, it's not the patient flow, it's it's actual research. And that's, you want to have those questions come in. You want right. to have that interaction, I'm assuming. It's that the, the, the object objective is different, is it not? Yeah, I mean, certainly we want to hear how our clinic patients are doing, and if absolutely. they have concerns, we want to get them. But, but no, you're absolutely right that on the research side, um, uh, there's just a, a different um, a different means of communication, and it's, it's mm -hmm. smoother, it's faster, and people really do feel more connected to the clinic when they when they are in the trial. Got it. Got it. So when somebody signs up in a, a trial, obviously. Um, you're evaluating a drug or per se, and maybe more than one, depending on what kind of treatment it is. Um, so what happens if you have like multiple treatment groups? How does it work and how do you measure it? Yeah, that's a, a great question. Um, and of course, it depends on the, the trial. But in this case right. of the SHAPE trial that we're talking about, um, there are several different um, uh, methods of measurement. So and I guess you could divide them into uh, safety and efficacy. So on the safety side, um, we would do things like you know, perform a basic physical exam and neurological exam at the beginning and multiple visits and at the end. Um, we'd be checking labs um, with many of the visits. So, you know, blood draw um, like you would get after your say, annual visit or mm -hmm. something like that. Um, checking all the basic labs. Um, we would be getting EKG on multiple visits to make sure that there are no changes in the heart rhythm. Um, so that's the safety side. On the efficacy side, um, again, multiple ways of measuring effectiveness. We have a number of scales, so uh, basically standardized questionnaires that review many, many, many symptoms in Parkinson's and dementia with Lewy bodies in very... Um, uh, objective and, and concrete ways. Um, mm -hmm. And so we ask those very standardized questions at the beginning, at the visits, throughout the course of the trial, and at the end. And then we can compare beginning and end. Now, in the case of the SHAPE trial, uh, we're actually using a very interesting way of assessing efficacy, um, and that's an EEG, uh, something called an event-related potential that's measured by an EEG. Now, an EEG um, is... Um, where we're measuring the brain waves, basically. We put scalp electrodes on, so it's non-invasive. It's similar to an EKG for the heart. We just put um, kind of sticky electrodes on the head. Um, and actually, in this case, there's a, a cap or a, a, yeah, a cap with electrodes in it you just put on. And we measure the, the brain waves. And that is uh, another way of assessing the efficacy, both beginning throughout the trial and at the end. 
Okay. And then um, the fundamental point, and this gets to another question about that people have about participating in clinical trials. Fundamental point is that, um, as you probably know, it's difficult to say for any one individual, well, what does this change from the beginning to the end really mean? Is this what they would have had anyway had they not been in the trial? Um, yeah. Or is this better or is it, you know, unlikely, but is it worse? Um, so it's really hard to say that with any one individual. The point of the trial is to gather a whole group of people together. Right. Um, this is why volunteers are so important, just to put that plug in, because we need a lot of people to really make this assessment. Mm -hmm. So by comparing the changes in different groups, we can see whether the high-dose medication had more effect than the low-dose medication, and whether the low-dose medication had more of an effect than the placebo, the sugar mm -hmm. pill, the sugar injection. Um, so that, that's the fundamental answer, is how do we really tell mm -hmm. if it's effective? By comparing a group that got the medication to a group that didn't get the medication. Or and that's obviously part of it, is, is that if you have it in test groups like that, there is going to be probably one group that gets what's called a placebo, correct? Right. What does that mean right. when so, somebody has a placebo? Yeah. So, so in the case of the, of the SHAPE trial, there are three different groups. There's a high dose, a low dose, and then a placebo group. Mm -hmm. um, and you have a one in three chance of getting into any one of those groups. Um, it's also, I, you know, the, the uh, physician doesn't know, the patient doesn't know, study coordinator doesn't know who's getting what. It's completely blinded is the term. Okay. Um, uh, you know, what does it mean to get the placebo? Well, it just, it, like any other group, it means you're contributing your time to answering a really important question that will improve the treatment in the future. And having that right. placebo group is, is essential to really understanding if the medication works. Mm -hmm. So um, if that's the case, does that mean that they don't get any care at all? Is it, what happens at that point? Well, you get exactly the same care. You're just you're getting a medication that's not an active medication. Okay. But we're still but doing. But you're all on the other forms of medication too. Yes. Yeah, so you'd okay. be on the same medication that you were on at the beginning. You can continue those medications. Yeah. Right. Any, anything that you're on to coming in, you can continue going through. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's the important uh, the important yeah. thing to remember. Well, oh, oh, and the other thing I wanted to mention was along those lines. Sorry. I, Go ahead. I lost my train of thought for a second, but um, in the case of the SHAPE trial, there's what we call an open label extension afterwards. And so um, that's where uh, you, you finish the six to eight months of the placebo-controlled period. And then at the end of that, you have the option, it's, it's optional, but you have the option of continuing into a phase of the trial that um, where you know you're getting an active drug. Everybody gets the active drug at the end. So if you choose, you can go into that portion mm -hmm. of the trial and know that you're getting the actual drug. See what it, yes. see what it has effect on you. Yes. Well, and you know, that's important because obviously in um, just seeing the whole picture and how things come together, you know, it, it's understanding when you go in what's going to happen. And I think that's really important. And I think in our next segment, Dr. Burdick, I would love to talk a little bit about now while you're in the trial, um, you know, what is it involved? What, what are, what's kind of, what kind of successes have you seen in other types of clinical trials um, of this sort? And certainly talk a little bit about treatment 
and how it progresses. So um, anyway, uh, Dr. Burdick and I, um, we're going to be back very soon right after this. The preceding podcast was provided by Athera Pharma and Answers for Elders Radio. For more information about the Alzheimer's Clinical Trial, go to atheraclinicaltrials.com. Hi, everyone. This is Meredith from the Senior Fitness with Meredith podcast, where I discuss all things for seniors. From fitness, your health and wellness journeys, how to be all over strong and beyond. I also have my mini podcast called Motivation with Meredith. It's a great, quick, motivational pick-me-up for your days. Join me. Listen now. Search for Senior Fitness with Meredith on your favorite podcast platform.